0: Welcome to a new episode of 49ers Talk on NBCSportsBayArea.com. Introducing your hosts, 49ers Insider Matt Mayoko and 49ers Host Laura Britt. This is 49ers Talk, brought to you by Big O Tires. I'm Matt, and she's Laura.
1: That sound you hear—it was probably—it probably sounded awful. Was Why me getting happen? my microphone out? I forgot, and now I've got it. So we're ready to go.
0: Okay, so should we start over, or just keep going? Oh, we don't do do
1: do-overs. We just keep going. Yeah, we don't do do do-overs.
0: Hey, um, you know who did do a do-over? And he retired this week.
1: Oh, I know where you're going. Alex Smith. Alex Smith. I I just, I love this for him.
0: Yeah, I'm glad that he was able to retire on his own terms. And and the reason I say he did a do-over is because there were so many elements to Alex Smith's career with the 49ers. You know, he, he was... You know when they took him number one, he just he didn't have any success right off the bat. Uh, the first season that he played, eleven interceptions, one touchdown, and you know from from the time that Al uh, that Aaron Rodgers stepped on the field with the Packers, it was always oh you know Alex Smith, why didn't they pick Aaron Rodgers and all this? But Alex Smith completely. Changed the narrative with the way his 49ers career ended, the fact that he didn't want to go somewhere else and get a fresh start. And then all, all the stuff he went through you know, with Kansas City, with Washington, and then you know his career was over. I mean, they, at some point they thought he was going to lose his leg and maybe even his life. And then to come back and be comeback player of the year in his final NFL season. And I don't think there's ever been a more obvious NFL comeback player of the year. Uh, award so Alex Smith man big big thumbs up big kudos big you know,
1: cla- yeah, you know just
0: applause to, to him and a a job well done
1: there's really not much we can say other than just how impressive he is and all of those I'm sure all of us listening all of you listening you know I know you've watched him I've watched him all the specials about him the features that were done and rightfully so on his comeback the fact that he was able to step on a football field and play this game, is honestly, it's still mind-blowing to me. Watching that game, I was just like, this is un- – yeah. it's unbelievable. I know that's an overused term, but it was actually unbelievable. I was also frightened for him, as I'm sure his wife was. And so I, I know he said in his statement that – or in his video, he, he did it on Instagram – announced his retirement that he wants to spend time with his family and in a lot of those features he talked about he didn't even know if he'd be able to walk again he didn't know if he'd be able to go on walks with his wife and throw his children in the air and the fact that he was able to come back from the injury step on a football field and now gets to spend the rest of his life doing just that it's remarkable
0: it, yeah and his his time with the 49ers was was really crazy because the 49ers were at this stage of incredible dysfunction I mean he yeah, had how seven, many
1: offensive coordinators did he have again yeah,
0: seven offensive coordinators in his first seven seasons um and you know he had you know Mike Nolan who drafted him at one point intimated that he wasn't tough enough because he had a Separated shoulder and he's eating
1: he, those words now, and, and
0: he was wincing in pain as he was throwing. At one point, Mike Singletary called him meek. I mean, he took so much crap. And after the 2010 season, his contract was up, and his family was saying, Get the heck out of the 49ers organization, go start somewhere fresh. And then Jim Harbaugh came in, and Jim Harbaugh met with Alex Smith and convinced him that, Hey, you can get your fresh start right here by staying with the 49ers. And Alex Smith, I mean, I thought he was nuts at the time. When <laughs> Seriously, when he was like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to finish what I started. And he stayed with the team. That was the year of the lockout. He went in one day when the lockout, uh, they there was some court injunction. So they lifted the lockout for one day. Alex Smith went to Santa Clara came out of that with boxes upon boxes of playbooks, DVDs, all this stuff to learn the new offense that Greg Roman was putting in. And then Alex got in touch with every offensive player and he, I think he made a donation to the San Jose state athletic fund and they kind of opened their, uh, their weight room to him, their meeting rooms, the, the stadium. And he held what, is now referred to as Camp Alex at San Jose State to give the 49ers an incredible head start on the 2011 season, a season where, you know, just kind of out of nowhere, they ended up going to the NFC championship game, a game they they clearly should have won. So uh, that, that game against, uh, The Saints in the playoffs, just an amazing game. And then the next year, he was playing the best football of his career and got a concussion, left the lineup, never got back in, never played again, never started another game with the 49ers. So it was just like this. His entire career was just never easy. Even when he made three Pro Bowls with Kansas City, they select Patrick Mahomes, Alex Smith, it was – you know, in essence, the lame duck quarterback. And that is kind of the model now that the 49ers are using with Jimmy Garoppolo is that be like Alex Smith was and good things will happen to you and good things will happen to the team. So we'll see where that goes. But um, so much respect for Alex Smith and, and the years that I covered him and all the stuff he put up with.
1: Yeah, the, the mentality, the mindset that he had, that's just the type of, that's just who he is. It's ingrained in him ingrained in him and it's very clear after seeing what he came back from um you have to have you you got to dig deep within yourself to be able to do that also jed york this was a full circle moment i'm sure for alex smith and his family jed york released a statement on behalf of himself and his family just thanking alex smith for his time with within the 49ers organization and saying that he he will forever be a 49er and i bet that felt really good for him
0: yeah and you know that Kind of takes me to another thing is that you know so much of success in the NFL really has to do with the kind of person you are. In other words, if if you're a yeah, you know average player, but you're kind of a jerk, you know teams are going to get rid of you. Even if you're a good player and you're a jerk, teams are going to get rid of you. But if you're a player at a comparable level and you're doing everything the right way, and you always, you know, carry yourself with dignity and, and class, you know, you're you're gonna you're never gonna outstay your your welcome. And, you know, there were years here where you know 49 er fans were chanting for David Carr to get into the game ahead of Alex Smith. And you know, Alex Smith wasn't, you know, he wasn't for most of his time at the 49ers a, a very good number one overall pick. And we can debate all the all the elements of that and who the 49ers should have taken. But I just don't know if that point in 49ers history, another player would have succeeded the way Alex Smith did by sticking it out. And the reason he stuck it out was because the organization knew that this guy is top notch. He can roll with the punches he's, he's not going to be a bad teammate. He's not going to be a bad employee. He's, he's not going to always... run
1: to the media and say a bunch of no. nasty stuff. He just keeps it within.
0: Yeah. And and he just, he just a, just a tough minded guy, both physically and, and mentally. And so, um, yeah. Golf I mean, clap
1: it, for Alex Smith.
0: Yeah. There we go. That's our, uh,
1: that's the best we can do. That's
0: our tribute to Alex Smith. After all, after all he's been through, that's, that's what he gets from us. So I feel
1: like that's that's pretty good for a podcast, though. I, it I don't is, know what else and it's good for us.
0: We don't often a character like that and, and act like we're in the gallery of a major golf tournament.
1: But we will for Alex Smith. Speaking of retirement, uh, the 49ers also had another player announce his retirement, and Jordan Reed did that this week.
0: Yeah, good for him that, again, he was able to kind of end his career on his own terms. It didn't look like he was going to be able to do that. Seven concussions before he joined the 49ers last season. He did have a knee injury. We saw only glimpses of Jordan Reed and what he could do. Still scored four touchdowns on the season. We never saw Jordan Reed and George Kittle Together on the field, like Kyle Shanahan, I'm sure, in his mad scientist mode was, was drawing up plays. So that never happened, but Jordan Reed, who signed a one-year deal with the 49ers, uh, made it through the season, and I think you know, leaves the game now with, with a much better feeling that he was able to 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 do it one last time and, and I'm sure have some fun during obviously a very crazy season. But now you you look forward to the draft. Will the Four draft a tight end? I don't think they have to. They already have George Kittle, they have Charlie Werner and Ross Dwelly, but You never know. They like to carry four tight ends. They could draft a a tight end day two or three of the draft. They could uh, sign an undrafted guy. They could later bring in a veteran. So we'll see where that goes. But uh, Jordan Reed calling it uh, a career after uh, what, seven years I believe it was with Washington and then one year with the 49ers.
1: Yeah. You like to see this for guys. Same thing with Alex Smith being able to end it on their own terms, like you just said. And, and being able to leave the game, you know, in a, and it makes you smile instead of thinking back to all of the, the injuries and the hard times. So I think the 49ers gave that to him. I mean, he gave that opportunity to himself as well. But collectively, they, they were able to do that together. So congrats to Jordan Reed as well.
0: 49ers Talk is brought to you by Planet Orange Effective Eco-Friendly Pest Control. Hey, Laura. Matt. I I don't know if you've been following the uh, quarterback workout circuit.
1: I don't even know what you're talking about.
0: You don't. Well, um, maybe you should refresh your memory by listening to the last 12 episodes of 49ers Talk. 12? Like 30? Well, yeah, probably right. And that's only since the trade. Right, exactly. We've done
1: so many emergency podcasts.
0: Yeah, yeah. Just as long as we don't do any more emergency siren.
1: I have gotten requests for that. So
0: I know. What are these people thinking?
1: You guys tweeted him. Don't tell me. Yeah. I don't know. Everybody wants it. Our boss even approved it. So looks yeah. like you're the odd man out on this I one. Day, I okay. guess so. When it is when it is warranted, the siren will come back out.
0: Well I would think I guess we will have to do an emergency podcast that will drop the evening of April twenty nine which is yes. after the first round, or at least after the 49ers make their first round selection in the draft. So uh, we will – I think we'll be in studio together.
1: Yeah, I was just about to say, if you guys want to, we'll have a podcast out, but we'll also be doing a draft show on NBC Sports Bay Area. I think it's at 9.
0: 9, okay. I think it's
1: set for 9, and it's going to be a live show. Uh, Mayoko and I will be doing it. Jeff Garcia will join. Jennifer Lee Chan will join.
0: So it's live? So-
1: Oh, it's live. Yeah, so you when, gotta, I, you gotta when I use for- all
0: that bad language, they can't bleep it out?
1: Yeah, they can't edit that out.
0: Oh, boy. Okay. Yeah,
1: th- those are going to be some hefty fines.
0: Yeah, I guess so. Um, yeah, the last time I saw you in person, the the only time I've seen you in person in 14 months is when you just showed up on my doorstep and scared the living daylights out of me.
1: I just show up. I showed up with nothing in hand, no cookies, no coffee, just, Hey, how's it going? Hey, what's up?
0: I'm like, Oh boy. Um, so anyway, back to these, the quarterback circuit, uh, Trey Lance had his second pro day, second workout throwing session. Jordan Matthews a guy who had a cup of coffee with the 49ers uh, the last two seasons, I think. I don't think he caught any passes with the team, but he's a veteran. He ran some routes at North Dakota State. Uh, John Lynch was there. Kyle Shanahan was there. Rich Scangarello was there. The same uh, trio who was in Columbus the week before for Justin Fields. So now the 49ers, specifically Shanahan and Lynch, have seen each of the three quarterbacks that they anticipate taking with the number 3 overall picks and those would be in order Mac Jones they were the he had the first pro day that they watched and then Justin Fields and now Trey Lance completes that cycle
1: not in order mayoko of who you think they're going to draft in order of who they saw i want to be very clear i'm helping you out here with your I, twitter mentions
0: i know because people on twitter it's a love hate relationship <laughs> with the people on twitter
1: that's very true. Some of them that-
0: some of them hate me and some of them, the rest love to hate me. So that's how the love hate relationship works. There
1: are only two two types of people in the world. You either love Matt Mayoka or you love hate Matt Mayoka. Those yeah. are the only two plots. Yeah. Or got love something- to
0: love to hate.
1: Love to hate, yeah. yeah. Oh,
2: okay. You either love
1: Matt yeah. Mayoko or you love to hate him. I think yeah, that's what okay. I said. I don't yeah. know, my brain is like, the circuits, the circuit board is this week. So uh, I, I who knows what actually came out? Um, I've got something that I wanna discuss, but I wanna wait until after your discussion with Quincy Avery, because I'm okay. really interested to hear what he had to say. This is a guy that's worked with Justin Fields and Trey Lance. How did you hook up with him?
0: Well, because I knew that that he was a quarterbacks coach, uh, one of these private quarterbacks coach, and I knew he worked with both of those gentlemen. And so, you know, there there's a, a narrative uh, about the quarterbacks I did want to discuss with him. We get into that a little bit later, but Quincy Avery, he's the – president of quarterback takeover um, and and you'll be hearing from him a little bit later. So um, I I almost kind of feel like, because I kind of said early on that I believe my opinion is that the 49 are going to take Mac Jones. I think that um, it could certainly be construed that I'm pushing the narrative toward Mac Jones and that's not my intention. But I certainly want to highlight uh, the positives of Trey Lance and Justin Fields because, hey, it, it could go any way, right? I, I don't think I don't think anybody has just come out flatly and said the 49ers are taking this guy. So re- whomever they pick on April 29th, I mean, I don't think I'd be shocked by it. I'd love to hear the reasoning uh, from Kyle Shanahan and whomever they pick, but here's what I think too, is it, you know, I'm sure they already know, you know, who they want. I'm I'm sure Kyle Shanahan knows who he wants. And when they traded up to number three, they had somebody specific in mind, but I also think that, you know, it's not, you you might differ on this because I know that I know I do. Yeah. I um, know. I
1: I know which road you're going down and I, I do differ. And I think that what has played out over the past three weeks Backs up my feelings on uh,
0: this. Okay, well, I, here. So here's my feeling: like, why would they continue to invest all this time, energy, flying from Tuscaloosa to Columbus to Fargo, North Dakota, if they already knew who they're going to take? And my answer to that would be because they can. They have time to do that, and also you want to do your due diligence on all these guys. But also think about this, Laura. Let's say they're locked into Let's just assume Trevor Lawrence is number one on their list. Zach Wilson is number two. And then quarterback three, let's just call him QB3, is the guy that they're going to take. What happens on draft day if QB3 finds himself in the news for all the wrong reasons? And you and I can talk about whatever might have happened, but it's not good And the 49ers come to the conclusion, oh my goodness, we cannot take that guy to be our quarterback. Then what happens? Unless they already have their backup plan, or maybe even they feel like, gosh, you know what? We like, you know, QB3 is our our leader in the clubhouse, but we'd be happy with QB4 too, because he's really good. So unless you do that homework and and you know exactly what you're getting with, with each of those three guys, you leave yourself in a situation where you could be scrambling if something like that and off the field or on the field or this or that happens. And, you know, team management or ownership says, we can't take that guy because of this reason. That's why I think that they're going through all this process, not to mention the fact that in, Four years, if things don't work out with this guy, maybe they'll look to add that guy. So that's what that I have the feeling that you have a much more simpler explanation. Well, I it. actually
1: don't disagree with you on any of that. And I've said that in the past that you've got to do your homework, you've got to do your due diligence. And I think you made a great point there at the end, that last sentence that you just said, with if this guy doesn't pan out. Well, you've already done your homework. Who knows who's going to pan out in the NFL? We've But heard you, from-
0: you realize that everybody's going to be saying, well, if this guy doesn't turn out, then Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch won't be making any future decisions.
1: I, I understand that. I get that. And I don't necessarily disagree with that either. But somebody will have to. Anyway, and, and who knows, they'll move on somewhere else. It, it never is a bad thing to do your homework and to be prepared. But let's say it all together. Blank wins championships. Blank? Blank Wins, championships. Are you talking
0: defense?
1: Defense wins championships. Defense also wins in the draft a lot. You can't show your hand. You can't show the other players sitting around the table your cards. And I get that they're number three. And you, when you are that high in the draft, you have the ability to make the third overall selection. I understand that fully. But I still think you want to keep the teams behind you on your toes. It's just smart business. You don't want to go to Mac Jones's pro day or Justin Fields's pro day and no one else's or Trey Lance's pro day and no one else's. And then the whole league goes, 49ers are taking Trey Lance. All right, he's off the board. No, you want them still going, are they taking him or are they going to take Mac Jones? Because I've heard from a lot of different sources that they're going to take Mac Jones, but... They did go to Justin Fields' pro day. And then you know what? The next week, they went to Trey Lance's pro day. And I saw the interaction. I want that happening with every NFL team that picks after me. Because you never know. Maybe some trade happens and somebody jumps in front of them. You don't know what's going to happen in the draft. I, don't, I think that's very unlikely. I think it will stay one, two, three. I don't think, foresee any, any other bombshell trades, but hey, we didn't really see the bombshell trade that the 49ers were going to make either. All that to say, I think you have to play defense. I think it's always smart to play defense and always smart not to show your cards.
0: And also, I think that if they had told us who they were picking, that would limit our content for 49ers talk by like 67%. We'd Like only be talking about one guy rather than talking about three guys.
1: We'd be talking about his favorite foods at this point, what street he grew up on, what his favorite hobbies are. So I think for everyone, this is the best way for things to have gone down.
0: Yeah, another best way for things to have gone down is now turn this over to our guest for the day, uh, Quincy Avery, president of Quarterback Takeover. And you will hear from Quincy after this word from Big O Tires. At Big O Tires, you can trust that you're getting a good deal. Now buy three, get one free on select sets of tires with installation purchase. Plus pay nothing today with easy and affordable financing options for nearly any budget. Big O Tires, the team you trust. We're back on 49ers Talk and it is my pleasure to welcome in Quincy Avery. He's the president of Quarterback Takeover. Quincy, thank you so much for joining me on the 49ers Talk. Matt, appreciate you having me on. Well, you know the name of the podcast. It's 49ers Talk, and there is a lot to talk about with the 49ers as it relates to the quarterback position. Uh, I first want to get your general thoughts. When you heard that the 49ers had traded up from 12 to 3, what, what kind of struck you about the 49ers and why they would make that move?
2: Well, my instant reaction was I really thought that they were trading up to select either Trey or Justin um was was really my initial thinking just because like the physical capabilities the ceilings on, on those two guys to me is is are as high as anybody else in this draft class so I'm like all right if you're gonna have opportunity to get one of those two guys I think that it makes sense to trade up that eye to get them you don't know exactly what's gonna happen at four or eight or with the Denver pick like there's a lot of things that could happen in front of them if they really wanted to get a quarterback. So. Uh, My my initial thought was just like, oh, they must be making a run.
0: Yeah, so the Trey and Justin you talk about, Trey Lance and Justin Fields, two quarterbacks that you're very close to, you've worked with. Um, Tell me about the history that you have with both Trey Lance of North Dakota State and Justin Fields of Ohio State.
2: Yeah, so Trey I met um, met when he was a junior in high school in an Elite 11 event. We stayed in contact, worked together before this season. We really thought that North Dakota State was going to have a season. They did not. He's been in Atlanta with me since October training, so he's been down here for a good bit. Justin is someone who I've known since he was in – and he was young. He's working in seventh, eighth grade, so we have, have known each other for quite some time. And we've worked together throughout the years and spent some time together prior to this season before he uh, – Took off to Ohio State to play this last year football. So these are both guys who I've had a really good relationship for a good bit of time.
0: Yeah. So uh, the 49ers obviously are doing their homework on those two gentlemen as well as Mac Jones from Alabama. And you know, when you look at let's just take Trey Lance from from the time that you started working with him, just how have you seen his? just overall quarterback skills and knowledge of the position just grow and grow through the years.
2: Yeah. So, so someone like Trey, like the knowledge part, he is, I mean, he's so advanced, like really um, probably the, the sharpest guy that I've ever met in terms of X's and O's on the board. Um, just how he handles himself in that setting. So there's only a limited amount that I can really help him with, right? I can just help him in terms of his presentation, how he gets better at going up there, addressing the board and giving people what they want to see. Um, But in terms of like the mechanics, the ability to throw, I think we've cleaned up some things. We've made his release a little bit quicker. Um, We've allowed him to continue to put energy on the ball. And and I think we've kind of refined some of the pro footwork that he's going to be using as he, he goes on throughout his NFL career. So, it's been a really good few months having have an opportunity to work with him and it's, it's fun working with somebody like Trey because he's just so smart he gets it he understands what you're trying to do and he's always working hard
0: yeah what's the difference in working with a guy like Trey who was not recruited at all as a quarterback coming out of a small town in Minnesota um, in fact I know he wanted to go to the Golden Gophers and they didn't want him to play quarterback he ends up at North Dakota State so a guy who's really had to just prove himself and hasn't gotten any real recognition until uh, last season at North Dakota State, actually the season of 2019, 28 touchdowns, zero interceptions, as opposed to Justin Fields, who was always a big-time recruit, goes to Georgia, ends up at Ohio State. Is there any difference in, in working with, with uh, individuals who have taken completely different paths to where they are now?
2: Um. For at other times there, there may be that, but those are two really humble guys who really just put their head down and work. So it's not, I'm I get the opportunity to be really direct with guys cause they know that my only goal is to make them better. So when I'm working with guys, it is pretty straightforward. Like we're just here to get you a little bit better. There's no like arrogance or anything like that. Like they just want to work. It didn't matter if they're first round. I mean the first pick in the draft, um, five star three star no star like that doesn't matter for those guys when they're just out there trying to get better And that's the thing that you really like the most about working with with guys like that
0: uh going back to to trey uh i did i spoke to a scout who really talked a, a lot about his pocket presence and how he just has these natural instincts and I'm not sure actually that he used the, the term natural instincts because he said that he, he's he been coached up very well. Whoever has coached him has, has done a really good job because he, he just looks the part. He feels, he looks comfortable. Uh, he, he, he takes care of the football. How much of that was an emphasis just to to really hone in on a guy who can, you know, run very well. He ran for eleven hundred yards in twenty nineteen with North Dakota State, but but just to really fine tune the pocket presence that he has.
2: Yeah, it's the biggest key is like especially the way the game is being played today, like you've got to be able to extend plays in the pocket. It doesn't always need to be like you scrambling doing that. Like when it's time to run, you need to run. But when you can stay in the pocket, create a little bit of space, um, give your team an advantage so you can throw the ball down the field, like that's um, the thing that we had to excel at, and I think that's that's something that we spend a ton of time in terms of working on, and really developing. Like it's it's a small portion of the game that's really played like on time, off one hitch. So like everything else is in a bit of chaos. Like creating space in the pocket, but still being able to maintain your base and being able to drive the ball down the field.
0: You, when you look at his stats, and I mentioned this, you know, he rushed for eleven hundred yards in twenty nineteen. Do you think that kind of I don't know if complicates the matter, but when people look at those stats, they automatically think, oh, he's a running quarterback. How do you term that and, and how, would you, how would you kind of classify him as what he's going to be bringing to the NFL level as far as the mixture of the running and passing?
2: Yeah, if somebody t- said that, I would tell them to cut on the tape. Like, look at the tape and really see what's going on. Yes, he can do some things. They they designed some real run plays for him. They're running quarterback power with Trey Lance, and he's able to dominate when he does that. But they're calling real – Do you cringe <laughs> when you see those plays? I cringe when he doesn't slide and he's trying to run guys over, but it's it's part of who he is. But they're also calling, like, play action, pass, drop back – um, real full field progressions, like he's working through a number of reads, like getting from one to two to three. He's doing those things at a high level as well. So I would say Trey Lance is a, just a true threat at the quarterback position. He has the ability to carve you up from the pocket. And if he's given the opportunity and the space to run, he will also hurt you in a bad way there. You should watch. I, mean, I would tell somebody, watch the National Championship versus JMU. The wind was blowing 25, 30, 30 miles an hour. And he went out there and he put the game on his back and he just ran for 200 plus yards. Like, doesn't it make sense to have a guy who can do everything rather than a guy who can just do one thing?
0: Yeah, and, and that's one of the, the the questions with him. And I'm, I'm glad you point that out, that the wind uh, kind of led itself to that kind of situation because you look at the stats and, I mean, he, he ran the ball 30 times in that game and he only attempted – 10 passes. And, and if I'm just looking at the stats, I'm thinking, well, something seems wrong there. I mean, he's not a running back. He's a quarterback. So I'm glad you're able to, to point out that that reasoning behind why North Dakota state ran the ball so much in that game. The, the other thing that with him is that he's kind of in that disadvantage of not having played much football at all in 2020, he had the one game against uh, central Arkansas But what did you do to really focus in on, even though you're not playing games, how are you going to improve from the 2019 season up until the draft?
2: Yeah, that was a difficult part. We had to get really creative. Um, So I had the opportunity to work with a number of NFL guys. So we would act as if we were the starting quarterback for the team that the NFL guy was on. We would watch tape just as if we were them. We'd go through Mondays base down, Tuesdays Thursday third down, Wednesdays red zone, um, Thursdays we'd run through everything again, watching the, like a blitz reel. But we would really like put together notes in a package like that, and then Trey would have the opportunity to really talk to the NFL quarterback who was going to be playing playing that game for that team, and he could share notes. Like he really had the opportunity, to, like almost be in an NFL locker room, like to do the work as an NFL quarterback, watch an NFL film. And I think that that's really important. Like those are valuable reps that other guys don't get in, in trade, had those reps. And I think, I mean, to the best of our ability, we just try to do everything we could to, to give them every advantage, but game reps are game reps and, and you can't make those up.
0: And, and when we talk about Justin Fields, how much of your work with him in the off season was to prepare him for the next season at Ohio State, as opposed to, or even, you know, is there a difference in preparing a college player for his final season of college while also getting him prepared for that next step, the NFL? Was there any balancing act there for you with Justin Fields?
2: Yeah, so Justin and we were spending a ton of time together over quarantine, right, And, and the focus was really like, let's just try and be the best quarterback that you can be for this season at Ohio State. And, and those things are going to translate to the NFL, right? The things that they want to see, the things that they want to know you can do. If you're doing those at Ohio State, those things will translate and people will see it and, and you'll be in a better position come your rookie season. And I'm sure Justin will be back here in Atlanta in a little bit. We'll get back on the field and we'll talk about some stuff and, and how he can continue to improve.
0: Have you had much conversation or any conversation with the 49ers since they made that trade?
2: No, I have not uh, spoken with anybody in the 49ers organization um, in regards to trade or just.
0: And the, the 49ers uh, apparently, you know, ha- have been kind of, I don't know, pushing, but encouraging, I think, those two quarterbacks to, to spend some time with John Beck, a uh, quarterbacks coach in his own right. What what do you make of that uh, you know, th- that thought process from the 49ers.
2: Yeah, so Justin actually did the pre-draft process with uh, with John Beck because um, his agency is based out of uh, California. So that's where he did his work. And then Trey did his work in Atlanta with me and then went out to John Beck for the last few. And I think that it makes sense. Like, if, if I wanted to gather as much information on somebody as I could and I didn't have the opportunity to bring them in for team workouts or team evaluations – I'm going to use whatever resources I have. I know that there's other NFL teams that they're in the market for quarterbacks. They would probably ask a quarterback to do the same with me for a short period of time. So it's all about who you have a relationship, what makes sense for them. And um, really the only thing I care about is that those guys are in the best situation that they can be. And their, their career goes as well as it possibly could. So if, if it means you know, going out there and working with him, I, I just hope that it, it works out.
0: Hey Quincy, there there's a subject I wanted to. Talk to you about, and it's it's kind of a you know it's a delicate subject, but something that I think that um, we should address. Uh, in in you're quoted in a story in on the ringer uh, in in the ringer. Um, uh, Kalen Jones from the ringer wrote an article and it was uh, entitled the ugly narrative surrounding Justin Fields tumbling draft stock. And you know, the, the gist of it is that, you know, he, he's seemingly sliding down the draft boards due to kind of cliched and stereotyped critiques of the black quarterback. And I, I'm just wondering if that's something that, that you recognize and, you know what what would you say to uh you know people in my field uh people in the n f l scouting uh community about how they view uh quarterbacks in the pre draft run up based on you know in essence in, uh, based on skin color
2: yeah and i think it's it's um a lot of me thinks that it's not intentional um it's a blind spot that a lot of people have because a lot of people both in the media in the media and in the front office and execs. um, They don't know, like just inherent bias. Like it's just things that happen because people who you've been around and people who do things a certain way are usually from your culture. And you can talk about things in that way. And that allows you to relate with them better, understand their perspective. Um, I think the media needs to be careful because they echo a lot of the things that they hear from people who get a short glimpse or small snapshot. Um, and they echo those messages without necessarily being able to have the time, the conversations, um, and the interaction with these guys to have a real opinion based on things that they know. So even though they're echoing things that they say, they hear, they should really be careful. And then coaching staffs, right? So a lot of the people, like a large majority of the scouts, they're often white males. Um, and when they're talking to a guy about what a quarterback likes, like, Yeah, maybe he doesn't like spending as much time with his quarterback coach who he doesn't relate to and they don't have a a greater relationship. And some of those things may be reasons why he's not like in the room because they don't have those shared interactions and they can't talk about things in the same way that he, he may have spent more time in the room with a black quarterback. Like there's so many things that go into play in terms of this. Like we really need to be careful. Not saying that that was the case at all with Justin Fields and Coach Dennis at Ohio State. But like, there's just like those small things are, like, people just don't know these guys well enough, so I think we really need to be careful um, and, and really take a step back and ask ourselves, why do we think this about somebody initially? Um, like, why why don't people talk about how smart, trained Justin? Like, Justin has an elite, like, photographic memory, and I can talk about our experience at Elite 11. We get a NFL-style playbook. Justin's a junior in high school. He memorizes playbook better than everybody in the class. And it's the same class with, like, the Trevor Lawrences and everybody else who's able to execute it at the highest level because he has an amazing memory and has ability to um, flip things in his head, like, make mental pictures and do that. Like, his ability is off the chart. And maybe he's just like, I'm not going to be in office because I know all this stuff. Right? So we got to really start digging on and figuring out why we're asking these things about guys um, and making sure we're correct when we do so.
0: Yeah no and I agree with you it's it's some of it is you know some of it is probably uh, not even conscious you know that the people are saying this but then other stuff it's and it might not be either but it can be harmful and the example you gave is is a perfect example you know, one one player is a you know is a, a smart intelligent sees the game the other quarterback doesn't process things well you know or, or whatever the case may be and it just, those narratives don't line up necessarily to, to reality.
2: Yep. Yeah. 100%. So,
0: <laughs> yeah. So, so tell me about, let, let's start uh, with Trey since you, you, well, you know, both of these guys really well, but let's start with Trey. What is an NFL team going to be getting from him, not as a player, but as a person?
2: You're going to get a great young man, a hardworking dude who's going to go out there and do his very best each and every day. He's going to be um, the thing that people always say they want the first one in, last guy out, the guy's going to do all the little extra work. That's going to be Trey Lance. And um, he's going to be successful because of that.
0: And he does, he kind of comes off as an extrovert. Is that correct?
2: Yeah, I've never seen him not happy, not bubbly, and not um, engaging everybody around him. and, And you really, like you have fun around him. Like you're gonna have fun. He's talkative. He does all those things that bring people in.
0: And then Justin, to me, I mean, I've n- I haven't met either of these gentlemen, but Justin seems a little bit more reserved, maybe a little bit more serious. Tell me about Justin Fields as the as a person and what an NFL team is going to be getting from him.
2: Just Justin's another really good guy. He leads in a different way. He does. He's not the vocal, outspoken leader, unlike um, like in the way that Trey Lance is. However. Um, if you really get to know him well, like then you get to, he opens up and you really see how funny, how cool all those things, but he leads just by example. Like he just goes out and works his tail off. Um, and I think that's what people are going to really appreciate him. Like he's a hard working dude who puts the work in is willing to make sacrifices in order for everybody to maximize and reach the end goal that they're, they're really hoping for.
0: So obviously, I'm not going to put you on the spot here and say, who do you think the 49ers will take or should take? But what do you think the, the 49ers, like, What what's that mold of the the quarterback that they should be looking for to fit into a roster that's pretty much already made? And at some point, they're going to be moving on from Jimmy Garoppolo. What, what, what are the characteristics you think that they should be looking for from their next quarterback, the guy they take at number three overall.
2: Yeah, I really think that the 49ers should be looking for somebody who's not only accurate with the football, can make all the throws, but that's also big, strong, can add another dimension in the run game. Like, that's what I'd be looking for. I'm, I'm going to look for somebody who can do everything that the game that's required to play in the year 2021. You see the most successful guys in the NFL are able to do so much more than throw. They're able to throw at a high level, but they can do so much more. And that's the direction I would go if I was the the 49ers.
0: And and does that basically sum up both of those guys that we're talking about, Trey Lance and Justin Fields?
2: I think it – yeah, I think that that uh, that that sums those two guys up in a nutshell. Yeah.
0: Hey, uh, Quincy, thank you so much. You, you've obviously done tremendous work with both of those gentlemen. I don't know where they're only one of them can be picked three, but I'd be shocked if if either one of them lands beyond eight, probably, or, or whatever. Uh, certainly top 10 picks in this draft. So you're to be commended for that. Uh, Quincy Avery, president of Quarterback Takeover. Thank you so much for joining us on 49ers Talk.
2: Appreciate it. Dish and Sling customers. Don't miss a game this season on NBC Sports Bay Area and NBC Sports California. Don't miss your A's, your Giants, your Kings, your Sharks,
0: your Warriors. To keep watching your favorite teams, go to HowToWatchNBCSports.com. All right, that was Quincy Avery. Good to to hook up with him and and talk to somebody who has intimate knowledge of a couple of these quarterbacks that the 49ers are Are considering because up to this point Laura I've really talked to you know people who have just evaluated the film but this guy is someone who knows the character knows the the people knows the work ethic and and it really a a good conversation with Quincy Avery and also kind of interesting too I found that he didn't mind that uh, John Beck is now working with both of those quarterbacks because he feels like, hey, that's what the foreigners have to do. John Beck has a good relationship with Kyle Shanahan. Of course, Kyle Shanahan's is going to want all the information he can get about these quarterbacks.
1: Yeah, I think that shows his character and the fact that he actually sincerely wants what's best for Trey Lance and Justin Fields. So good on him for supporting that and supporting them in their you know, NFL dream. Two big things that I took away that I had not heard about, well, mainly Justin Fields, the photographic memory. Mm -hmm. You know, this is the type of stuff where you don't get that information from people that are strictly watching film or have not gotten to know these players. And I think he said he's known him since he was in seventh grade, seventh or eighth grade, really, I mean, a long time. So he would know better than anyone the approach that he has and I thought that was very interesting that fascinates me people that have photographic memories that's fascinating to me he also talked about Trey Lance and how smart he is and not just that he said he's the smartest quarterback Mm -hmm. that he's ever worked with what a big statement and what a, a favoring statement for Trey Lance to be you know to have Quincy Avery a guy that that's known you for so long to to say that about you I mean that's great. And, you know, I think my big thing with, with Trey Lance, and this is no fault of his own of, as I've said multiple times, is if I'm an NFL team and he only got to got the chance and opportunity to play one game, that's where the big unknown for me is how much our NFL teams going to value the fact that he only got to play one game this past season um, over, you know, Justin Fields and Mac Jones, who got to play a lot more.
0: Yeah. And that's, kind of the part of this this draft is it you know the 49 have said they anticipate Jimmy Garoppolo will be the starter for 2021
1: I still believe that by the way I, I'm going to continue to announce that every and, and I
0: I don't not believe it but I don't fully believe it because you're because
1: playing politician I, I am yes yeah
0: it's one of the things I do best Laura um I think that If another team comes to the 49ers on draft day and says, we want Garoppolo, we're going to give you this. I think that if the 49ers select Justin Fields or Mac Jones, they might be more apt to say, we'll take that trade. We're going to ride with Fields or Jones as our starter for 2021. Because, you know, we've seen them, you know, they played, you know, a full college season. We'll get him in. We'll coach him up. As, as we learned about uh, Justin Fields, incredibly intelligent, only has to see it once and, and picks it up. So you know, learning the playbook will not be an issue for Justin Fields. I don't think learning the playbook will be an issue for Trey Lance at all, obviously, because of what uh, Quincy Avery said. But He just hasn't played a whole lot of football here in the past 18 months. So I really think that if Trey Lance is the guy, and and the 49ers might decide, Trey Lance gives us everything we want, but we have to stick with Garoppolo because it's going to take a little bit longer to get him up to speed just because he doesn't have the recent experience, game experience, that Fields and Jones have, so that would be um, that would be something I think to look for. Uh, why Garoppolo still factors into this 2021 season? I think, and and you're right. I mean, he very well may factor into the season regardless of the quarterback they selected number three overall.
1: It's interesting that you brought up. You were talking about Mac Jones, and I wanted to bring up a tweet that I saw this week from Sage Rosenfelds. We've had a lot of people commenting, you know, I, it was probably what, a few months ago that we had Rosenfelds on the podcast. Mm-hmm. I've had so many people request that we have him back again because he mm-hmm. offered so much great insight. I don't. I think those requests will turn drastically to say <laughs> don't have him back on after oh, I tell you oh what no. he said on Twitter. <laughs>
0: what did he say?
1: So a, a while back he tweeted, you know, San Francisco ain't drafting Mac Jones period
0: okay what day was that can you tell what day hold that on was
1: let me well i can just because the trade
0: happened out. on march 26th
1: march 27th
0: okay so the day okay. after the trade
1: day after the trade sage rosenfels tweets that well april 19th he tweets this just got done watching mac jones film and i feel compelled to revisit this tweet the former tweet i was blown away by his decision making timing and accuracy These three things are attributes that Kyle Shanahan loves in a quarterback. He really could go to the 49ers. Sorry for the premature hot take. And I I respect that. He watched the film now and he's gone back and he said, I didn't have the full picture and now I have the full picture. And I can totally see him doing it. How bad is everybody listening?
0: (laughs) Oh man, should we like? Are there going to be like stuff falling? Do
1: we close our computers now and and just call it a day?
0: And I mean, obviously, Sage Rosenfels knows a lot more about quarterback play than I do. But that was my initial reaction too. Was that they can't take Mac Jones. Can they? And then –
1: And then you start talking and, to sources. And- start,
0: start talking to sources and kind of thinking through it and in, in kind of taking a more analytical approach of what, what you're looking for, what, what Kyle Shanahan could be looking for. So, again, I, I'm, I'm going to continue to say this, is that I, I wouldn't be shocked at, at any of these quarterbacks because I think they're both uh, – or they're all three of them, I should say, are everything I've seen like tremendous candidates – for that position, you know, and, and it's not just on the field skills, it's off the field work ethic and, and everything else you're getting with each of those three quarterbacks. It's just a matter of kind of what, you know, what Kyle Shanahan fancies, you know, what, what does he want from his quarterback?
1: Which um, could have changed, which is what we've talked about. Could have. His idea of what he thought in the past was a great quarterback. Could have changed, which is what makes this so hard to predict, because you don't know what him and John Lynch are th- talking about and, and discussing. Which speaking of leading up to the draft, I mean we're days away at this point. We'll probably only have a couple more podcasts, one or two, before the 49ers have their pick. Ah! I mean, this is crazy. Oh,
0: I almost thought that was a siren. You-
1: so I'm just thinking in these in these next days. If you're Shanahan and Lynch, like what are you doing? Are you talking on the phone 50 times a day? Are you, I mean, do you already know? Do you not know? Are you totally done with your first overall pick and you're now or or your your first round pick rather, and you're now focusing more on your later round picks? I just want to know.
0: Yeah, I would think that it's I think it's a lot of consensus building now. It's if there's if there are any people in the building that aren't sold. It's a matter of selling them and and showing everybody why this pick is going to be made. And then I do think that you start looking ahead because, you know, they really don't have to spend much more time. I mean, we're only talking about three players that they're evaluating, you know, to, to come up with the one guy that they want.
1: You only have so much film that you can watch over and over and over again.
0: Yeah. And I'm sure they've already burned up all their Zoom meeting. You know, there are a lot of Zoom meeting times with these (laughs) guys. So here's, here's one thing that I would do is I would look about, you know, with that second round pick, do you want to trade back a few spots and get more picks? Do you want to trade up and get somebody? Do you use one of your fifth round picks to move up? Uh, you know, from the fourth round to the third round or whatever the case may be. So I think that you have to start forming your overall strategy because honestly, the easiest, most most straightforward decision they're going to make in this draft will be that selection at number three. And so the sooner you can get everybody on board and then start formulating the rest of your draft strategy, I think the better off uh, the entire organization will be.
1: Yeah, because the position is locked in. Now it's just two at the at the number three overall pick. The rest of the ones, you've got to decide what's needed, who's available. You know, the, the whiteboard is covered in if, and, and buts right now. If this guy's gone, we go here. If this, you know, and this. That's how I'm envisioning all of this mad scientist Kyle Shanahan war room type of situation where they're, you know, they're trying to figure it all out. I, it it gets me really excited. It gets me really excited. I'm I'm excited for the draft. I'm excited for the schedule to be released. You start to get, you know, the sense of who this team is going to be. And again, Jimmy Garoppolo, I think will be under center for the 49ers. So I I do think we have an idea, a really good idea of what they're going to look like, Mm -hmm. but the number three overall pick is the big question mark. That's the, that's the answer that we all want. And we can't fill in the blank until next week. Yeah. Ooh, I'm looking forward to it.
0: Yeah, and next week I'm already starting to think about as you're talking about day two. I think that they need to get picks two, three, and four closer. So, you know, move up a little bit more so you can get a good starting caliber cornerback, you get a slot receiver, and you also get a running back a guy who can make plays out of the backfield, catch the ball. So those would be three positions that I can see them kind of zeroing in on that in the case of the cornerback, help the defense with depth and whatnot. But also with those, the the running back, a pass-catching running back, change of pace guy, and a slot receiver, two guys who can really support, whether it's Jimmy Garoppolo or for the next three years after, the rookie quarterback.
1: Wait we will, wait we will.
0: What does that mean, wait we will?
1: Wait we will, we've got to wait until next week. We won't know.
0: We will wait?
1: We will wait, wait Wait, we will.
0: Okay, let's do that.
1: (laughs) Let's do that, we don't have any other choice.
0: Thanks for listening to 49ers Talk with Matt Mayoko and Laura Britt. Please rate, review and subscribe for free on your podcast provider.